All right, welcome, guys, all coffee lovers. Uh, as you know, <laughs> uh, as you guys know, um, the whole purpose of this podcast is to get to know all my friends and everybody in the coffee industry and everybody that has influenced in my life in one way or another. Uh, with all this happening in 2020 with uh, COVID-19 and COVID-19 and all the protests that are happening uh, for Black Lives Matter, I feel like I'm not well educated in that, and I wanted to get in touch with a, with a close friend of mine, which is uh, Ray, uh, also known as Ray El Barbon. El Barbon, not too Barbon. No <laughs> I got to know him uh, at uh, one of our jobs, uh, which is Dollar Shave Club, and um, I think uh, he, he can express himself pretty well as far as the whole protest of Black Lives Matter go, and he has a really good input on everything that's happening. So I just wanted to sit down with him and and see if it can teach me something or I can learn something new, you know? Yeah, well, I'm definitely not a teacher. With this disclaimer, I am not a teacher and I am not as... Uh, I'm definitely not the one who should be leading the charge, but... I get I'm, it, yeah. Yeah, but I've, I'm just saying for anybody that's listening, I don't want anybody thinking like I'm some kind of, like, political organizer or yeah. anything like that. As much as I've been involved in stuff and I'm, and I'm you know, I've been active, um, I just don't want people thinking like, hey, man, let me just... Run behind this guy. He knows. He, you know. No, no, I understand. Like, even, even, I guess, even people of color would say that, right? Yeah, of course. We're not. I mean, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not well educated, or I know very little, and I'm pretty sure like you're educating yourself as well. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's like I grew up not knowing, like, I mean, not being racist or not being anything. Like my family raised me to like everybody. Everybody's equal, you know. Mm-hmm. So I like I have mixed emotions with everything that's happening because. For me, I, I never, I never mistreated anyone. Mm-hmm. So, and with all these uh, protests and stuff happening, like I feel like it's such a sensitive topic, you know. It is, it definitely is. And I just like try not to say the wrong thing or offend <laughs> anyone. That's like the biggest fear, obviously. Fucking good luck, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, can I curse? I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, cool. yeah, you can definitely. I don't know how much yourself. of my thing I could do because that no, is definitely No, be yourself. Things. You know, that's that's the beauty of... Uh, that's what I want to re- be able to capture, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the name of your podcast again? It is uh, Juan Loves Coffee. Juan Loves Coffee. Yeah, dude. Love it. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely. do love coffee. I do, you know. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been... I fell in love with it. Yeah. There's the whole artistic part of it, which yeah. I fell in love with. And there's a lot to it. You know, it's such a... A big thing yeah. from being a barista to, you know, being a roaster to manager coffee shop or even owning your own coffee shop. Yeah. You know, there's people that get paid for just tasting coffee, dude. Yeah. And they get pretty, pretty good money. And honestly, and that, that's a whole field. But I, I think I've learned the most about bar- just like baristas and like even the competitions that you guys and yeah. all through you. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a whole world. There's a whole world. It's a whole. It's like podcasting. Now that yeah. you kind of started the podcast, there's a whole fucking world of podcasters exactly. out there. There's so many. Like, obviously, we're not all professionals. Not at all. But there is a ton of people doing it, you know? And it's yeah. like, when, when you get into it, yeah, you definitely... And I, and I keep mentioning this, like, seeing that there's a lot of people doing it, like, there was a mental block for me where it's like, don't do it because everybody's already doing it, you yeah. know? So, for me, I think that's what held me back a little. Yeah. And, um, but the main goal right now is just to get as many people I know onto the podcast and sort of, like, just talk to, see who they are. Yep. You know, I got... You're not you're not really into coffee, you know. You're the you're a coffee drinker, you know. Because yep. uh, I met you at the office where we work at. You mm-hmm. know, can you tell us a little bit about where you work. 
Uh, so I work at Dollar Shave Club. I'm a um, essentially a customer service rep. I work on the social media team and we, a couple other little things, little cross-functional stuff we do there. But um, yeah, it's pretty much what I do there. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. So it was actually the first time I saw the ad for that company. I uh, I was trying to apply, and then the day I had my in-person interview, I showed up, uh-huh. and I told the lady, I just came to tell her that I'm not going to take the job, but I just wanted to show up in person saying that I'm not going to take the job. You know, she's like... You're hired. <laughs> no, she said she said a phone call would have been sufficient. She said, oh, I, I just, you know, because yeah. I already had set this up. I don't want to, like, yeah. make you think, like, I was just wasting your time. So yeah. That's why I showed up. Uh, and the reason why I, I rejected the opportunity the first time is because... Being such a, a a big company and a startup and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the first thing that crossed my head was, well, if they start making pay cuts, yeah, the first person that's gonna go <laughs> is the barista, dude. You know, yeah. it's like they don't need to give coffee to their employees. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, that freaked me out a little. Yeah. And then uh, a year later, I was like, man, I want to do something else. And then my wife at that time, I had told her, and she came across the ad again on Craigslist, and uh, she said, you should give it a shot. You know, like the fact that they're still looking, that means. They have kept their coffee shop, you know? Yeah. And so I said, yeah, I'll just give it a shot. So honestly, I, I emailed them and I submitted my resume not thinking I was going to get the job. Yeah. And then within like that same afternoon, they reached out and said, hey, can we talk? And it was fast, man. They they hired me pretty fast. Yeah, they're, they're definitely like I've had probably like over a dozen jobs in my life. Uh, and one of those jobs I had for 10 years. So that tells <laughs> you like how quickly I went through the other ones. But um they're, they operate differently. Yeah. Like, just culturally, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, a work culture that they that they create there. Yeah. Well, what I've noticed is they're really organized. Like, 100%. they have a team for everything. Everything. Right? And, and I think that really makes it function really yeah. well. Is it, is it... I said this jokingly the other day, but I think there's a little bit of truth in it. When all these, like, COVID reports and all the information has been coming out from, like, the state level and, the, the, you know, from the presidential level and all that... You know, we obviously, we have our stuff that comes out. Yeah. And I always say that when we present our, our data, our inf- information and whatnot, I feel more, I, I trust that information more than I do, like, you know, uh, uh, the state-level information at times or, like, shit coming out of the White House. Yeah. You know, just because, I don't know, I, I know how much, I know how thorough they are. I know how meticulous they are in collecting their information before they present stuff. So, yeah, they definitely they definitely go about it a different way, for sure. Yeah, but I feel like, it's the single fact that HR departments within house, mm-hmm. you know, because so everything gets communicated pretty fast rather than having the manager communicate to the general manager the yeah. and then to HR or home office. Yeah. You know? So I yeah. Think, yeah. And, and obviously they have a team that does the homework before they even communicate. Yeah. anything. You know? Yeah. And they are very, they're very good about it. Letting, uh, empowering their employees for the most part, you know, yeah. as far as, you know, uh, voicing their concerns or opinions or exactly. at least as from my experience, I have, yeah. I've only been there for less than two years, but you know, like I said, I've, I've had many jobs before. And as somebody who's been uh, who's who's been retaliated against for stirring the pot in previous <laughs> in a previous job, uh, and, and and literally like just breaking it down, like just yeah. saying something to say, hey, that's not our policy, and that was considered, hey, I'm stirring the pot yeah. to the point where after ten years, they were like, you know what, we don't need you, and all because I was doing the right thing, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. You know, not cutting, not not cutting corners, not doing a lot of stuff that I would say Wells Fargo used to do. Um, <laughs> I'm not naming names right now, but because I am still kind of involved in a uh, in a uh, legal dispute with them about it. But yeah, I will be saying names pretty soon. 
but yeah, I just uh, it was a financial institution. I've I've said this before, so if you you know if you ever want to dig up an old podcast, I probably said the name back then. But uh, yeah, it was a finance company that I worked for. That was they're a piece of shit company. They're one yeah. of those companies that's a problem in this country, and they 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 um they target lower income communities, middle class communities. They do they redline they redline these neighborhoods and they put people in these cycles of debt. You know, they're charging 35.99% interest rates on loans. You know, it's like, so you're essentially, if you really wanted to simplify it, if you borrow $5,000 from us, when you're finished paying that loan in five years, you're paying us back about, about between 15 to $20,000. Jeez. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I, and I understand their niche and I understand their reasoning. They're, they're a subprime company. So if a bank is not going to lend you the money, they're the next step. They're the next step. You're a little riskier. I get that, but it shouldn't be to the point that they operate in. And it shouldn't go and it shouldn't operate in the system that they created for it because they literally created a system of keeping people borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, you know, and even like their calculations that they use are not fundamentally sound because they're, they're, they're trying to determine, Hey, can you pay this loan back off of, off of your gross income? How much of your gross income do you actually use? Your gross income comes before taxes. So if my gross income is $5,000 in a month, but I'm only really seeing $3,500 after taxes, you know, if you're basing it, me being able to pay this loan off of the money that I don't have, yeah. how is that really a sound, like a, a sound well, the, judgment? Yeah, the fact that they actually loan the money, because a lot of companies will not loan the money knowing that yeah. the person taking the money won't be able to pay it back. I've also been discriminated when I bought my house. We're actually sitting here in my house right now. Uh, I bought this home almost seven years ago, um, and it was a pin in the ass to buy this home. I did the loan process myself. Uh, and Wells Fargo discriminated against us with one of their rehab loans. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and not maybe to some other people you might say, oh, that's crazy, this and that. No, but I mean, I worked in the finance field for 10 years, and the shit that they were telling me, I was like, I don't have the education that I'm assuming a lot of these higher execs have, and yeah. I could calculate these ratios for you in 15 minutes. So why are you taking 60 days to tell me that I don't qualify for this? When it's, This is an easy two, three-day application at the most, like if you really want to dig into it. Yeah, that's the hard part because uh, going back to, like, our, our workplace, right? Our workplace mm-hmm. is great right now. Mm-hmm. It's doing everything they can possible to not discriminate or anything. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with this uh, financial institution that discriminates, I, I've met some people in my life where uh, applying for a company like, you know, a, a, like a well-established company, mm-hmm. um, say even where we work. And, yeah. and just the simple reason of reading their names, right? Like... I mean, you're Ray, and I don't know how you spell Ray. R-E-Y or Ray? Ray, in Spanish, right? So, Ray. So that's the thing. <laughs> if, if, say, uh, we were both applying at the same job, or our friend who whose name is John or or Matthew, you know? Yeah, I already know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. so it, th- that's the crazy part, you know? It's the difference between Jose and Joe. Like, dude, it's, it's, it's crazy. Because if I tell you my name, my name is Reynaldo. Reynaldo, yeah. But guess why I go by Ray? <laughs> It, I, I, yeah, I mean, that whole discrimination of like... 100%, dude. And people that don't, that say that's not a thing, don't know it's a thing because they've never, it's, it's never affected them. Yeah. Like, I've been locked up by cops that have overextended their fucking power. Like, when I was 19, I got into it with a fucking L.A. County sheriff. A real stupid dispute, but it was, it's a perfect example of, like, the stuff that they're talking about right now with cops. And it doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah, I didn't get my ass blasted, luckily. But I was face down on the fucking pavement in the summer, in the summer, 90-degree weather, face down with handcuffs all because this dude just decided he could do it not because i did anything wrong yeah. and it took me over a fucking year just to go to court to fight this shit 
and I got it expunged and everything, but it's that's a small like taste. Like I, what I tell people right now, like with everything that's going on, it's like you don't need social media to tell you. Like I post a lot of shit, and the reason I post a lot of shit is because I'm a big mouth. So when all this stuff was going down, I really felt really um, helpless, and that's a, like a thing that I I, I deal with a lot because I. It's that inaction, you know, that I kind of fall into sometimes where I just feel so helpless that I don't do anything because I don't feel like I can do anything or anything I do will make a difference. Mm. Yeah, because maybe I can't fucking oust dipshit Trump out of the fucking White House, but, you know, I can help out uh, some folks that are struggling on the corner that maybe they just need a fucking water, you know? Yeah. And it might seem like a really minuscule thing, but the action is really where the difference takes place with us. And it's like if you have your community taking action, you're talking about hundreds and thousands of people taking action. You don't need... LeBron James to fucking save us. Yeah. You know, LeBron James might be the spark and he might be the guide that maybe brings attention to it. But on a local level, we can all do something. Like, we can all do something. And it's 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 that inaction, I think, that's really a, a big problem a lot of the times with us. You know? No, and you're right, dude. I mean, the first thing that came into mind when, when all this sort of, like, broke loose, right, the word you said was helpless. And that's exactly how it felt, you yeah. know? Especially being, being an immigrant. Like, mm -hmm. I, I for me, there's... Feeling helpless, and also, there's also fear of what what if I go out there, or like what if they detain me, mm -hmm. I get deported, yep. and all this stuff. You know, so there's a lot of fear and feeling helpless, yep. not knowing what I can actually do. You mm -hmm. know, and I know there's the whole uh, protesting, marching, and being out there in front line, and you know, volume speaks. And but there's also that big fear of, you know, would I if I get arrested because. I'm on another for action, right? And if I get arrested or anything happens, then so that that really affects my of course my permit and stuff. Yeah, of so. course, and it, it it'll crumble your life. Correct. Because if you go into that system, you just yeah. I mean, I've I've had that. I've had families in my my in my family where they're on the verge of getting deported. And we're talking about you know theos and theas, the uncles and aunts that have been here for fucking 20 years. That they're like, hey. We might get deported soon, and now you're talking about, hey, but our kids are born here, so they don't yeah. have to get deported. So what happens there? You're telling me now you split up a family that's been here, been paying taxes off of what? It's off of the fucking idea that they don't deserve to be here. And who put that idea into place? Motherfuckers that came here and took this fucking land. Exactly. Laws are bullshit. Money is bullshit. Economy is bullshit. Businesses are bullshit. Those are all things that can be replaced. Yeah, dude. And when people start fucking speaking as like, oh, but think of the economy and think, you know what? Print some more fucking paper out. Yeah. You know what? Fucking put a freeze on LEDWP and all these utility companies that are charging an arm and a leg. Because I could easily walk in right now and come and pop my fucking LEDWP building on here. And you'll be like, what the fuck? I live in the hood and I have a family and we're pretty good about trying to, you know, uh, conserve water. And, you know, we, I mean, we have bamboo toilet paper. <laughs> put it that way. Like we try to do whatever we can in order, even if it's a small thing, just to kind of help with the environment, environment. and stuff like that, you know. Um, but it's just it's it really like. So kind of going back to my original point, I was saying that in, in you know, the, when all this started or started happening, this has been one thing. But like when we were talking earlier, there's like so many things that are on the backdrop. Like, yeah, yeah uh, police brutality is a big thing right now. Protests, rallies, COVID, all this shit is like prevalent. And it's like at the forefront of everything. Right. But at the same time, I still have bills to pay. I'm yeah. still behind on bills. I still have children with medical conditions, with health conditions. I'm still fighting the school districts uh, on their lack of fucking providing the resource for my kids. I'm in the fucking middle of a lawsuit with my fucking school district right now for my kid that I've been fighting them for the last three years about them putting him through this system 
that we created with the school system. It's bullshit. It's it's another fucking problem in this country, aside from police, aside from the privatized prisons, aside from detention centers. This whole country was created as a company, essentially, yeah. is what it seems like. And no. we're their fucking consumers. Yeah, what I really feel is it comes down to power, right? Like, 100%. They want to definitely, they want us to have leaders so that we can follow certain rules. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest things I feel is that everything we learn through our uh, past generations is sort of like what's led us to where we are right now. Exactly. Because, like, I, I was raised in a Mexican family. I, I'm, I was born in Mexico, and we never really, I never really witnessed any of that, right? Yeah. So, for me, I never discriminated anyone. I never said anything bad about my neighbor or anything mm -hmm. because I grew up uh, working as a team, you know, like, yeah. helping each other out. A community. Community, yeah, and especially being from a small village, you know, like, mm -hmm. The smallest thing, like throwing a birthday party or or a big wedding party, you know. Everybody wants to come. Everybody shows up, dude. Everybody, and everybody, everybody brings something. Exactly. And, and it's not like, hey, well, they didn't ask me. It's yeah. like they fucking bring it and they push it on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so, like, dude, I, how many times have you, I've been to Mexico and I go, my fucking family won't let me pay for anything. Like they exactly. won't, they refuse to. Yeah, and that's still engraved in me. Like most of the things I do in life, it's it's everything I learned there. You know. Yeah. So, so when I see everything that's happening with with with, like, the cops and everything on the news and stuff. It's like, you know, there's... Obviously, there is still a problem. And part of that is because either their parents or their grandparents, they still come from that mentality of, like, this is the right way to do it. Or, yeah. You know? So, you're, a, you're a product of your environment. Exactly. It's I, And I've had this conversation with a lot of people who have been saying, like, all lives matter or, you know, uh, there's some good cops and all that stuff. And... Um, Obviously, people that don't know me, I, I'm all about defund the fucking cops. This yeah. is bullshit. Every fucking cop, when they're operating inside of that system, is a fucking problem. Like, I didn't understand what the all cops are bad cops thing was before. Because I used to be, and I'm talking about it used to be as far as a year ago. I used to say, no, I believe the system's fucked up. And I believe there is a shit ton of fucked up cops. But I believe there's good cops. So I never really understood the whole all cops are bad cops. Now, getting more, like, context reading up more, kind of being more active in, in the actual, I guess, in the conversation, I've learned that the real meaning behind that is not so much that the people that are cops are necessarily bad, but when you're operating in that structure, you are operating as the, the screwdriver, as the Philip Flathead, uh, the wrench for that system. Because without cops locking people up and putting, them, putting their fucking knees on people's, uh, on their necks, the system doesn't do shit. Yeah. The system is ineffective. So it's like saying, hey, oh, there was some good Nazi soldiers. No. No, there weren't. Facts. 100%. No. Nah. They might have not killed the motherfucker that, that ended up in an oven, but they put him in there. Yeah, but the simple fact that and they're they following. It. Exactly. You know, that. It's, it's, uh, what's the, there's a, there's a phrase for it. It's like, uh, you're a, uh, you're pretty much, you're, you're being, you're, you're an accomplice essentially because you're just a part exactly. of it, pretty much. But yeah, it's just, it's, I just think as a, this is my personal philosophy, but as personally, I've just, as a 36 year old man in my lifetime, growing up the shit that I've experienced, seeing the stuff that I see going on in the world and never being one to really just kind of fall behind somebody just because of it. I've usually been that guy that's like, oh God, here goes Ray again. Oh God. <laughs> you know, and that's fine. And I've always accepted that role because I, I understand that a lot of people don't want to be in the forefront and they don't want to fucking use their mouth. And I understand now kind of leading back to what I was saying originally was when this all is happening, I was like, I'm so helpless. I feel helpless. 
I started thinking, like, what the fuck can I do? I just need to do something. So I've been out to protest. I've been out to a bunch of protests already. Um, I'm, I'm talking to people around me. I'm trying to put content out aside from what people are saying. Oh, yeah, these fucking looters and these protests. Like, nah, man. Did you see the piece of content I put out today? Yeah. That beautiful fucking vigil in, in Colorado for uh, Elijah yeah, McClain? With the violence. Yeah, with yeah. the violence. What the fuck? Beautiful. beautiful, dude. And if you've been out in these protests, you will see the fucking community that goes on there. There are people that just bring food, water, snacks, and they're just handing them out. They're just handing them out. And people are out there dancing. People are out there providing for everybody around them. And yes, it does get contentious sometimes. I've been to yeah. vigils. I've been to rallies, peaceful rallies. I've been to stuff that is a little bit more contentious. I was at the Andres Guardado uh, rally at the sheriff's station on Sunday. And that shit got kind of, yeah, and you get fucking scared. I'm not saying when I'm out there I'm not terrified. Dude, I am fucking terrified. But I'm out there, bro, because it's like, to me, it's like, if that's what's going to stop you, then why are we wondering where we're at as a, as a country and yes. as a community? You know, it's like if if you losing your job is what's going to stop you from saying, hey, my coworker just did some fucked up shit, then what the fuck does that say about you? I don't think, you know, going back to the cop thing is that if cops are so good and there's so many good cops, then where are the good cops that are forming fucking protests and work strikes right now? Yeah. Where are the ones? Because if there's so fucking many of them, then they should have no problem finding the other cops to to piece up with, right? And that that goes back to what happened, you know, the tragedy with uh, Dorner, dude. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. He was one of those good people, right? That wanted to bring up something that was a problem, and the fact that his leaders didn't do anything about it—that's what took him over the edge. Yeah, hundred percent. And I and funny thing is, I used to work at that finance company. I had a couple of clients that were actual LAPD officers during that little two-week span that, that that was going on. So I actually had conversations with LAPD officers during that time just to kind of get their idea, like, what was going on. And a lot of them just weren't really in the know, like, as far as I had one specific person who they told me they're like, yeah, and I'm, and I'm being vague because I don't want to put people out there. Uh, I would ask them about what was going on. And they were like, yeah, you know, I didn't really know him too well. He's a little awkward, uh, but I didn't really know. But they were gung-ho and they were part of the you know, they were out yeah. there behind these fools fucking chasing them down, you know? And it's all because it's like that sheep mentality. And I'm not saying I, I'm not, I don't fall up as into that at times because I think it's, it's, it's a ploy. So it's easily for humans to fall into that follow mentality, right? Yeah. But it's about snapping yourself out of it when you're like, hey, whoa, why the fuck am I following? Well, that's know? the thing. Like, we're human, dude. Like, we, we learn and we make mistakes and all this and that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like... Cops are humans too. Like they're, they're afraid of certain things. 100%. Right? They're afraid for their life every time they go out there. Hundred yeah, percent. It's their job. And I have, I have friends who are cops. And I, like I said, I've had these conversations with my friends who are cops. You know, the ones that I know. I've had conversations with with people in these lines of, uh, of lines of work. And yeah, they're not, and they're not pleasant conversations to have. And they're definitely not. You know, but I, but I have them because they're tough conversations to have. And regardless, if I put my fucking target on myself by doing it. It's maybe it sparks something in that person, you know, maybe because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like I'm talking to people that I know that grew up like fuck the police that were in the hood, that we were fucking discriminated. We were targeted by police. We were getting pulled over just for walking to the park by cops because we looked suspicious. Uh, a fucking group of 14, 13, 15 year old Latinos and shit walking to the park to play football. But we were just literally going around to our friends houses asking, hey, do you want to come play football with us? Asking their parents, hey, can so-and-so come play football with us? Here we are walking to the fucking park, and we're getting pulled over by IPD, Inglewood PD, because, you know, we look suspicious or they were looking for somebody. And to us, it wasn't no big thing. We went up against the wall, and they searched us, and they did what they did, and this was a normal part of our lives. Yeah. But now I'll reflect on it in 2020, and That's you realize, like, 
That dude, that what was the discrimination? Hundred percent, bro. I dare a fucking cop to pull over my fucking kid on the fucking side of the street for doing shit and watch me get up in his ass. Yeah. I'll be the first one to get fucking locked. I was locked up before for fucking... I didn't give a fuck that the guy was a cop. I don't give a fuck about that shit because it really boils down to right and wrong. And when people start bringing in like, oh, but policies and this, and that is as human beings, we have a habit of bogging shit down, complicating shit. Everything we do, computers are great, technology is great, but when it fucks up, how helpless and how useless yeah. are we? I, I tell people that all the time. All the time, bro. I Sometimes I just want to go back to a pager, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm getting rid of the cell well, phone, get a landline, and get a pager. Oh, well, yeah, even going back to that, like, I feel like before even the media was a lot more controlled because yeah. of that. You know, like, before uh, printing something on the paper it took a little longer. Mm -hmm. Or there was always someone saying, like, well, don't print that or don't put that on the paper. Versus now that we have all these electronic devices that everything goes up on onto the social media, yeah. like, we within completely, seconds. Yeah, you go, go around all the agendas. Yeah, and that's why I, that's also a reason why I put out what I put. I follow a lot of uh, I don't really like to follow big box media. I pay attention to it just to kind of see what they're saying, but I follow like a lot of smaller local journalists. Like uh, you heard of LA Taco. LA Taco is a yeah. great fucking local. Uh, they publish a lot of local writers. There's a lot of people out in the field right now. They're doing the work. that are out there recording these fucking posts. They're in the middle of these fucking uh, you know gas canisters getting shot and stuff like that. You know they're there and they're writing pieces on it. And instead of watching the people around you, you're like, let me listen to what fucking uh, what's-his-face has to say on CNN. Yeah. Why? Like, you already, if you know the historical context of this country, you know that that's what they use to control us. Even as sports fans. Like, I'm a big fucking sports fan, but it drives me crazy that I see this shit go on. Like, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. That's their fucking tagline. These motherfuckers own so much space in the sports community, and they control so many minds that they themselves are really, they're really playing us for fools when they think that we don't understand what they're doing. They're like, hey, we got to get sports back in, in into the swing of things. No, we don't. And I'm the first one that I'm like, dude, give me fucking mid, uh, center court fucking uh, tickets, and I'm watching LeBron and AD fucking streaking down the court. Lob to him, lob to him, whatever. I'm the first one that props his feet up and will watch the NBA game. But right now is not the fucking time. So these yeah. big box companies that do this kind of stuff, it all really breaks down to, the, if you want to keep it simple, is divide and conquer. That's the narrative in this country. That's how we divide here. That's how we divide around the world. That's how, we, that's how we've been able to accumulate the power we've, we've, we've accumulated over our history. No, that's exactly how I feel. It's just the power. You know? It's like the cops uh, patrolling the streets are like, well, I want to make sure they know that I'm here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, know, and, and they, they you don't need to. That, yeah. You know? What the fuck does it matter? Why, you're a public servant. Exactly. But that's the part that doesn't get stressed. You're a public servant, my friend. And on the side of a fucking car, it does not tell you who they serve. Yeah. If you look at historical context of why cops were put in place, and I'm telling you this as somebody who had somebody else telling him this for like a decade. Like I have friends that are very politically active, and they've been politically active well before all this. And they were the ones pushing this stuff to me. And I was just holding on to my opinions, but I was never as engaged as them. And now that I'm engaged, and I'm not even going to say as, as much as them, I see what they were saying now. You know, I, I get the freaking issues that are at hand now. And I get that, oh, no sports right now is a first world problem, man. <laughs> dude, people shouldn't that, be, dude. Not yeah. at all, man. I've, I had to talk to a friend of mine who lives up in, like, he lives up in a well-off neighborhood. I'll say that. He's a white guy, lives in a well-off neighborhood. And he's a friend of mine. He's a good kid, man. He's a good fucking kid. Like, I've enjoyed meeting, I've enjoyed knowing him. But he's been one of 
one of those people that has also been out there dividing the message that's at hand. The, the message at hand right now is Black Lives Matter. The message at hand right now is defund the police. Yeah. The message at hand is push this fucking people's budget LA uh, plan through in LA. That's, those are the three messages that I'm pushing right now. And anything outside of that is divisive. All lives matter, great. I understand that. It's not the message right now. And, yeah, and right. if you understand the Black Lives Matter uh, message, you understand that that's within that context. Yeah. But anybody who goes and does and says that, one, doesn't know what the fuck the Black Lives Matter movement is really about, and two, doesn't understand that how divisive and how harmful those com comments are when they're inserting their those opinions into conversations. Yeah, and, and, I, and I see that even within family, right? Because I, I was trying to have a conversation with one of my brothers because, he, like you said, he was posting things on social media of like, well, why, what about brown lives? Right? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, yes, that's another. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're Latinos, and and so they're seeing all these other stories on the news where, like, you know, the paletero man's being attacked, yep. uh, you know, vendors on the street. ICE is fucking spraying chemicals all over uh, our fucking yeah. people in detention centers. Yeah, little kids, like little kids mm -hmm. who are, are being traumatized, uh -huh. and they're being separated at a young age, and then mm -hmm. when their parents show up, they're like, what the hell, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they're not even fighting their parents. They're not even they're not even reuniting them with their families yeah. at the end of it. A lot of them. Thousands so, of them. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty hard conversation to have because it's like, well, why should black lives matter when we have like our brown people who are struggling too? But it's like just trying to reach out to them and say, Well, it does matter. Like everything matters, right? Hundred percent. But at this specific moment, like the Black Lives Movement is the focus. It's the focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the thing is Going down to history, dude, like, it's been pretty brutal, you know? 100%. Like, just rewatching history, like, movies or reading on, on what happened, you know, like, the simple fact that we're coming up on July 4th and, you know, the creation of independence was adopted. Mm -hmm. It was just all those people that created that, like, they had slaves, right? They had, like, so that comes way, way yeah. back in history, dude. Uh-huh. So, but that's the, found, that's the founding... That's the founding principle, you know, and it's like we've never flipped that principle. We've maybe like made a, amendments to it, but the founding part has always been there. It's like, how do you, it's like what people are saying about the statues and shit. I'm like, fuck them, fuck every one of those statues, yeah. bring them all down. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm just saying like people say like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's you're going too far. No, going too far is building a fucking country on a lie uh, about Christopher Columbus coming here and founding this and us propping him up on a pedestal for how long as the founding father and oh my god we should all christopher columbus came here and he was a fucking pioneer no and now we're finding out you know what he wasn't he this wasn't. motherfucker came and slaughtered massacred thousands of people no, and what's crazy is in mexico my my history class dude like they teach us all that you know? yeah exactly but so here they don't they don't yeah. they don't the, the education here is a little different you know when i when i started here it was uh very different like over there in Mexico, we had a, you know, eventually what you would call periods, but it's, it was with the, what's crazy is how one teacher knows knows it all over there, dude. You know, over here, you, you switch different teachers who specialize in a, yeah. a specific subject. Mm -hmm. But over there, they give us our books. They show us how to take care of our books and everything. You know, how to wrap them in plastic so they won't, like, fray or yeah. break and stuff. But just the way they taught us history, you know, from all over the world. And not yeah. necessarily just from Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and like you said, with Christopher Columbus stuff, like we, I got to learn all that, and I got to see the whole different perspective, and not just the the idolized person. Yeah. That, what he, that, 
they put them up to be. Yeah, and, and it and it kind of goes to another thing that I've noticed with a lot of people. Um, a lot of people right now are getting very defensive when you have these conversations to get defensive. And I and this is something I tell them a lot of times when I see it. I and I don't want to always just say, "Hey, you're being defensive," but I always question them when they say something to me that sounds defensive to me. I'm like, "Why? Why do you?" Th- it almost sounds like they're the ones being targeted. Like I've had friends who. You know, they're, you know, they're half white, half Latino, but they look white as fuck, dude. I'm talking yeah. about blonde hair, blue eyes, pinche fucking gringo a la madre, dude, <laughs> like 100%, right? And they're one, they're worried because they're, um, you know, they also work in the delivery parcel business. So they're like, oh, why don't I want, you know, my shit looted? And I'm like, okay, but you work for a company. So that's the case. Yeah. Just step aside and let them it's do not, what they yeah, do. It's not really their money. Yeah. yeah. Being Put an hurt, insurance you know? claim in. Boom. All settled. But yeah. the, but he, the way it came off to me is that he felt like he was the target. And I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, if you're not the target, all you, it literally just takes, put up a fucking fist in unity, bro. That's literally, it sounds stupid to say, but if you're in a, in a, in a, in a place like that, and I'm speaking as somebody who grew up on 78th and Hoover in 1992 when the fucking LA riots right. broke out. So, and I live right off uh, Crenshaw and Florence now. So n- less than a mile from where it actually started still. And this is 2020. You know, so I'm not speaking as of, oh, this is a new thing to me. You know, I was like, I've seen this as a freaking, I've seen this as a eight-year-old boy. I'm seeing this as a 36-year-old man, and I'm filling in the gaps with my personal experience and with information that I've been given. You know, it's like, that's where I'm getting, I don't need to have a fucking degree. I don't need to know the fucking intricacies of economics and shit to understand. Bad. Do not shoot motherfuckers in the back. Yes. And if you are shooting them in the back and you're not doing shit about them, bad. That That's also bad. bad. If you're breaking the same policies that you're supposedly holding up, bad. Why are we not doing anything about it? Oh, because that's the law and that's the policy. Then change it. There are these things called amendments. And I'm sorry that they're so complicated, but why are they so complicated? Yeah, but even, like you said, even even having laws, like there's still rules, right? Exactly. Like for each each officer that takes that, uh, that uh, step into like pulling an actual firearm, knowing that they have a taser or they have a baton... Right, I get the baton causes a lot of damage as well, but why reach for that firearm, right? Obviously, I guess it's the fear that they have. Mm-hmm. And for the people that are, are are getting a little defensive, like you said, and I've encountered some people like that too. Say like, why? Yeah, and why are you so defensive? And for me, it's like the only reason why you feel like this is because you've never experienced it. Now I'm good. Yeah, and so I, I tell them, like, the only reason why you're acting like this is because you haven't personally experienced it, you know? Exactly. And it goes back to even people with COVID-19 that didn't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. It's like family members of mine who used to still get together, you know? And I was yep. like, like, yeah, please, like, don't listen, you know? Like, they're telling us to stay away for, for a reason. Yep. But, like, I told them, like, the only reason why you guys are, are, are acting this way or even people who are protesting to open, like, their barbers or... Mm-hmm. You know, up in the White House and stuff. Um, the only reason why they're acting the way they do is because they haven't experienced even getting sick with COVID nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. But once, say, a family member, Shit or gets real. yeah, dude, that's Shit when the really whole mentality real. changes, right? Uh-huh. And same thing with what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter. You know, seeing everybody get getting hurt or getting killed for the for the matter, you know, that is like. I don't know. As a human, I have emotions, and seeing that like really angers me. Like, super, and you should be. Yeah. That, that just says that you're a fucking good human being. Because I I put myself in the position if I was there when George Floyd when the thing when George Floyd went down, what would I have done? And part of me now is like, damn, I'm kind of I'm kind of coming to the 
through the discussion with myself where I feel like at some point I will be put in a situation like that where a cop yeah. is doing something. And it's like, what do you do at that point? Do you let them fuck them up because you're scared? I honestly battle with myself. Like, would I at least try to jump in there, even if it meant me getting my ass beat? Yeah, no, I, I've thought about that too. You know, and it's like, but it's a real thing. It's a real discussion. But it's also because our culture now is, and here we are, guys, in South Central LA. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but yeah, welcome to South Central LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you should you should be upset with that stuff. But yeah, it's it's a real conversation. We've gone to the our culture now is so disconnected through phones and shit, where it's like we literally put the phone in front of us, and now it's like a shield from reality. Yeah, because now we're looking at it through the phone, and it's now it's not a thing that's really happening around us. I'll I'll share this kind of story that I I recently went through before this kind of before the Black Lives Matter movement got going. And we were already in the pandemic, but um, I had a dog. Um, and and I'm saying this more because of what I learned in, in the story. Um, but I had, a, I have had, a, we had our family dog, Sam. His name was Sam. Uh, we had him for years. He was a part of our family. Um, I've always had animals. You know, I grew up in a Mexican family. I, I grew up in the EFE. Uh, I came here. I didn't become a citizen until my 20s. You know, um, people don't realize that because I look like a straight up white guy, yeah. you know, and and I tell people, but think about that. I look like a straight up white dude, bro. Like you I get confused. lighter, man. Reynaldo Ramirez, way. <laughs> Reynaldo Ramirez. And I still get Caucasian put on my ticket, even after they see my fucking ID. Yeah. They still put Caucasian. And I'm like, yeah, it's just because fucking Europeans came over, raped our fucking people. And now we got really light skin and, blonde, and, and yeah. blue eyes and green eyes and shit. But regardless, beside the point, what I was saying is, uh. Yeah, no, I'm just listening to these fools going crazy with the donuts. Yeah, so my dog, um, he has a habit of running out. He, It was a game to him. He, he ran and he thought, you know, we, we learned that if we chased him, he was going to keep going. So he went out. He got out. Kind of long story short, he got out um, and we witnessed him get hit right here on Florence and Ninth. Um, and he bolted onto the street. There was nothing the woman who hit him could do. He bolted out. It was... But it was such a fucking tragic thing to watch, you know, yes. to watch somebody that you love, regardless if it was my dog. It no, was dude, somebody we get, we get so close to our. Parents I know. And, and I'm but I'm saying I'm speaking for those people that are going to be like, oh, but it was a dog. Yes, I understand that. And I'm not saying that I'm valuing a, a dog's life the same as a human. But I'm saying in the, if you bog it down that way, yes. But if you just let it be what it is, it's still love between you and another fucking human life, exactly. regardless if it was a dog. And I watched my fucking dog that I love to death and I took care of with every fucking ounce that I could um, watch him get hit and fucking fly in the goddamn street. And, I'm, and I don't mean to be so like detailed about the story, but I feel like that shocks people into reality sometimes. Because I feel like, yeah, I could dance around and be all PC about it. But if I tell you, look, my dog fucking flew like 20 fucking yards in front of me while I'm standing with my 18-year-old son. I've never personally seen anybody get hit by a car. Yeah. But it's a very tough situation when you see it and then... On top of that, I also had to snap into what do I do now as I have these cars barreling in the street and my dog, you know, hurt. So I had to snap into action and I put myself like it was so frantic in the moment that I just acted on what I thought I had to do. And I even remember the next day, like trying to piece what happened together just because it was like so quick. And it was just it was just like bits and pieces that I could recall. Um, but, yes, yeah, he goes. I run out there. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, was he's whimpering and he's crying, man. And it's, it, it, dude, you don't know how fucking hurtful. Like, just to remember that right now, how yeah. him whimpering and him crying and him, like, he's facing away from traffic. So he can't even see the cops, the cops, the, the cars that are behind him. 
And on top of these cars are now honking at me while I'm trying to gauge his injuries and see how he is. I've been out there for not even a minute and they're honking. They're honking for me to get the fuck out the road to the point where my dog felt their fucking anger and their like impatience and he tried to get up. I kept putting him down, like stay down, stay down. He got up at the, the, final, the final time he tried to get up, I just say, okay, whatever. So I helped him and I kept his weight off of him to help him walk to the side of the street so these motherfuckers could go about their day. Yeah. And to me, and like I say, I, it's not to cause emotion. So nobody, nobody really got that, got off their car to help? Afterward, I had a paisano get out and yell mm -hmm. at me about why I let my dog go into the street as I'm trying to put my dog into my car. Yeah. And he's hurt, and I'm trying to get him to the vet. At this point, he's already on the side of the road. We had our, our vehicle. I had my, we had lived a couple blocks away, so I had my mother-in-law come. And, you know, we're trying to load him in, and he's hurt. He's obviously hurt, yeah, you know? Dude, I mean, he's getting hit by a car. Yeah. And, and this dude's over here talking shit to me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We want your information. And I'm, like, yelling out my information to homeboy. I live right here. Here's my cell phone number. Just take the fucking information because I need to go. Yeah. You know? And, and the, that's not important right now. Exactly. You know, like, but... Piece of your family, it's like exactly. But hurt. He, but you know, like growing in a Latino in a, in a Latino community, you know, I don't know for yourself, but I know I've had plenty of dogs in my life. But Sam was different for me because Sam for me was a lot of learning about dogs for me. Beside the hey, you know, yeah, you feed them, you give them a bath, you yeah. walk, and I didn't even walk my dogs before, dude. Like we had dogs in more for security purposes, yes. but we fed them, we gave them a bath once a month, and we played with them because they were fun and. That was it. That was the extent. I didn't know they had personalities. I never knew how to read a dog. I never I never got that too much into it. That's all my wife. Like my wife is very good with pets. She's very like she's got she's she's amazing. Like I've learned so much like through her, you know. And I got so much closer with Sam because of the things I learned and I started learning like dude, they are like they're actual beings, you know. They're more than just hey, yeah, they're vicious and you know, you want them for security sometimes and you know, it's like they actually become a part of our home. And it got to the point where we got a, a cat in the last year. And I was not a cat guy at all. I was always a fuck cat. I, I had a roommate who had a cat. You know, I had cousins who had cats. And I did not like cats. But we got a cat because my wife's always had cats. I've always had dogs. She's always had cats. We got a cat. Uh, I, that fucking cat. I love that goddamn cat to death. <laughs> Bella, I, I will do anything for that goddamn cat. Yeah. But it got to the point where my wife actually got them to cohabitate. Like in... So we would let Sam into the house, and he got to the point where he he was completely friendly. Like he never was a, aggressive towards Bella, but he was a very good dog. And to see that happen and to, to experience that, the reason I told the story originally was because what I gauged from the story afterward, like in reflection, is it was a tragic accident, and it was very little that could be changed to stop it. Yeah, maybe there was a thousand things we could all have done different, but dwelling on that doesn't do shit and he didn't mean to fucking run out in a malicious way we didn't mean to let him out in a malicious way that girl that hit him didn't mean to fucking hit him in a malicious way yeah. you know uh, it's just even the people that were fucking honking at me i don't think meant to honk in a malicious way but they're disconnected and they don't feel my pain they don't feel my dog's pain they don't know the relationship they don't know the story behind us that's why when you told me like the your idea for your podcast, I was like, yeah, man, that's great, man. Because honestly, like, people don't understand the power of conversation. Like, people think I just talk a lot because I talk a lot. Yeah, that's one of part of it. I do talk a lot. Yeah, but they don't know the emotions behind it. Yeah, and, and, and that's how we stay connected. That's how we passed our history down through time. Yeah. You know, we didn't fucking make a goddamn uh, 30-second Instagram video back in, you know, <laughs> back in the olden <laughs> days to fucking remember our history. 
you know, they, they shared it through word, through dinners, you know, that, that's where dinners, like, that's why, like, eating with people has always been such a big thing for me, because that was always a time where you broke bread with people, and you shared your experiences, and you conversed, and that's where the unity and the bonding came. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, just getting to know how someone else's day was, or... Yeah, yeah. and just for you guys know, and so, uh, everybody that's listening right now, me and Juan have never, like, actually hung out outside of work. This is the first time we've ever hung out outside of work. Yeah. You know, first time. like literally not, not for any like specific reason, but just because we haven't, Yeah, you know, but would you have known this if we wouldn't have had this conversation? Would I have known no. what I know about you without no, this conversation? I mean, it would have taken us to really sit down on a different occasion yeah. to discuss this. And how many good, positive interactions that we had before this? I would say all of them. Yeah. Right. But how much substance was in that? Not much, other than how's your morning yeah. and what are you drinking today? Ice, ice latte, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and how's your weekend? And you know, what'd you do? I saw you post whatever, and real like not not to say bad conversations, but uh, real like short, short, real like they not not too deep, yeah. not too deep, you know. But that's why, like for me personally, I've always been I've always been very open with everybody that I come across. I've I've never took that. I'm defensive to the point where I'm watching you, but I've never defensive to the point where I'm exclusive. You know, like I don't, I've never, I've always been like, hey, if you're friendly with me, I consider you a friend. What level of friend? I don't think is really important in the moment, but I go that route when I think a lot of people go the, oh, well, hold on, let me, let me check you out first. Okay, wait, what? Because <laughs> uh, people really but, get yeah. rid of that when you're just nice to them. Really? Very, very, yeah. People and, look at you sideways. Honestly, for me, working as a barista behind a bar and, and catering to all different types of people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I sort of, like you said, I feel that energy sometimes, you know, from different people. And, and sometimes, you know, we, I mean, we have a, a variety of Latinos, you know, Hispanics, uh, white people and, and black people at the office. So, yeah. but, but our office, let's be real, our office is majority white. Like we are, it, it was a company started by white folks and the demographic was originally for white folks. And I'm not saying this in a negative connotation. I'm saying that that's factually yeah. accurate, you know, um, because at the same thing is I don't I don't associate being white with being bad. I just think a lot of, you know, a, the, a lot of the problems are still in that community because if you look at the historical context of this country, we're talking about what majority of this country was racist back in the olden days when slavery was around. We're talking in the 90s, you know, 90, if we're talking about 99%, you know, it's like they were racist. So, yeah, if we have 50% of them or 40%, yeah, of course. I'm not saying there's not racist Latinos. I'm not saying there's not racist black folks. I was going to say that. Yeah, There's 100% uh, are. Even just simple things as stereotypes, you know, and and I feel like I am, uh, I, I was or I feel like I, I at one point I did use some of those stereotypes, you know, but having friends around, I felt like it was never harmful. But now that I think about it, some stereotypes are pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? Pretty fucked up. And so part of that is us being the problem too, right? Mm-hmm. Just using those sort of stereotypes, you know? It, it, but it's also knowing that we have the power, but it's also knowing that we have the power to, um, to change something, you know? Um, I reached out, and I, again, I'm not going to put people on blast right now, but not to say I'm not going to put you on blast later because I'm still watching. But there is local businesses in our area that I know um, they're not black-owned businesses. They're Latino businesses. And... They have a huge fucking clientele of, 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 of black folks. Like a huge. Taco Tuesdays, bro, go up there. They're like fucking 80% of the clients in there are black. 
And I'm speaking th- speaking because I frequented these types of businesses, and I've I've it's bothered me to the point where I'm like, you're not using your platform for anything productive right now, but you're completely benefiting from the community from that, yeah. and the community that's telling you they're hurting right now, and you're turning a blind eye to it, and. So I took it upon myself to actually reach out to them and have that conversation with them and just say, hey, you know, I'm just kind of I'm not trying to attack. I'm not I don't mean to attack you guys, but I just wanted to kind of bring something to your attention that I've noticed, you know, and if I've noticed, I don't know if anybody else has. But, um, you know, it's like you're not doing this. You're not doing that. Why? Why? Like, I'm just wondering why. And, you know, they came back to me with, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're doing some stuff, but just because we're not posting it. I'm like, okay, so like what? And they couldn't tell me anything. You know, and I've spoken to a couple of businesses like this, and it's it's about accountability. And it's about knowing that you do have the you have the power to do something. It's just do you want to? And that's really where a lot of people are having a hard time right now. Because I've had uh, conversations recently with friends, close friends, that you know we're close friends, and they're not getting the full picture. Like they're not understanding that those all lives matter comments or the making excuses. Um, whatever the context, whatever the context of the conversation is, as long as it's dividing the actual message right now, which is black lives matter, defund LA, you know, that's essentially defund LAPD. Those are essentially the two most prevalent conversations I would say are, are happening right now. Right. Um, if it's something that skews from that, then you're, you're, you're a part of the problem. And a lot of people are having a hard time taking that because they feel like they're not racist, but they don't realize but you are, yeah. Well, that, and you're and you're being it in this moment true. right now. You know, it's 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 the whole like being racist or not being racist and being anti-racist. You know, like I don't I'm not I don't say racist shit. Oh, but I hang out with a bunch of people that do say racist shit, and I don't ever say anything to them. Why don't you say something? If you don't say it, why don't you say it? It's obviously because you know there's something wrong with it. So why don't you at least share your? You might not change their fucking minds. But why don't you share how much it bothers you? Because I, dude, I, I'm like, I, like I said, there are racists in every fucking community. It is not like just white folks. That is not the thing at all. Yeah, not no, at I, all. I, like I, not at all. I understand that. You know what I mean? It's, but having those conversations are what put people on notice. Because I always say, like, you know what? Fuck it. I've had people tell me, like, yeah, but they'll probably just say that, you know, behind your back or something or over there. I'm like, well, you know what? Fuck it. As long as they don't say that shit around me. And I accomplished my mission. I'm not going to sit here and stew over a hypothetical thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, if those are people that really care about you and surround you, then if, exactly. if you expressing yourself bothers them, then they should stay away, you know? And I've had people tell me, oh, this is, you know, it's just a difference of opinions. Now, I know there's memes and shit going around. Hey, it's not a difference of opinions, but it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. about a difference of opinion right now. It's like, if you say you fuck with me and I'm telling you, hey, X, Y, and Z is affecting me, and you're telling me, nah, it's not really affecting you, I'm going to be like, well, what? Yeah. The fuck are you talking about? I can get into my personal information. I can get into my personal actual stories aside from my dog passing, you know, that really are hitting home right now. Yeah. You know, and that's usually when I get these people to fucking snap out of it. When I share those personal, like stuff that I don't, I, I keep private for a reason because it's our family, it's our private family stuff. Like I you said, know? you know, it comes down to them not not ever experiencing it and now having you who they consider a it's friend. It's a connection. There, yeah, there's a connection. I was like, whoa, my friend went through that. I you did know? not fucking know that. Yeah. So I then that's not. when they're, like, a little more careful about what they say. But knowing that you don't understand and just knowing that you are aware of that, I think, is a big fucking thing for people that they don't – and they don't give themselves enough credit for it. Yeah. Because I see a lot of people wanting to, like, 
stand in the middle ground and they don't really want to, oh, well, yeah, but then, but then, but then I can see both sides. They're like, no, see, that's a problem because you're not doing anything. You're just trying not to upset both sides. But I don't give a fuck if you don't want, you, why do you not want to upset these races? Why do you not want to upset these killer cops? Notice that I say killer cops and notice how many people think cops in general. Yeah. But when I say killer cops, I'm saying hold these motherfuckers that are locking, that are fucking shooting people in the fucking backs, that are locking up people over bullshit. Call them the fuck out. Hold them the fuck accountable just like you would a regular private civilian. Exactly. That fucking, sh that, that badge should not be a fucking shield. And if you're a good cop, then you ain't got a fucking problem. So what are you so worried about? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's those that really take advantage of their, of their, uh, but yeah, but like I said, this is a time right now where it's really putting people's morale in question of how complicit you've been in this problem. We've all been complicit. I'm not saying that I have not been complicit to, I worked at that fucking finance company I'm talking about for 10 years. And it took me 10 years to come to that realization of what I was doing, you know, and just kind of to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking continue to do this. I'm not. And I'm going to start saying something. And then as soon as I started saying something, boom, here we go. Here goes the, hey, all of a sudden I can't do my job even after I just was offered to run a fucking $12 million branch the month before. All of a sudden next month, <laughs> after I turn it down and say, hey, it doesn't make any sense for me to take less money, Yeah. you know, for me to take less money and more responsibility. You can't allow you to speak your mind, man. Of course not. Of, <laughs> of course not. You know, that's the fucking worst thing. But we have the ability to change shit. And it literally starts with a conversation. And it literally starts with doing anything. Yeah. Buy, go to fucking 7-Eleven. If you buy a water... Buy two waters. Guess what? 7-Eleven's got a two-for-one uh, two deal. So if you buy two waters, you got four waters. You see a dude outside fucking 7-Eleven that's sitting there asking for change, or even if I stand sitting there fucking selling some flowers on the corner, hey, man, you want a water? Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, literally. With the, with the vendors on the street, you know, obviously because they're Latinos, and, and I'm Latino, and, and I believe in the whole thing of, like, working hard, you know? Yeah, every time I see them out there, I just I try to help. By either buying a bouquet of flowers, yeah, you, you know, buying a, uh, yeah, yeah, and like you said, with this, uh, it's that simple. With these people that uh, are not really doing much to support, you know, even though they're benefiting from all these communities, I feel like sometimes they feel it needs to be financial help, you know, and and it doesn't really have to be financial help all the time. It doesn't have to. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be financial help all the time. Sometimes it does. Yeah, and there definitely should be financial things put in place to correct this shit because. You know, there was systems put in place to fucking, you know, make this shit happen. So why can't we put systems in order to kind of rectify the situations? Yeah. That's kind of how our country's gone. Everything we do in this country, we put a system in place. Everything. Exactly. The water system. Yeah. You go to fucking Europe, bro, there's water everywhere for people to drink. Like, they literally have, like, and I'm not talking about water fountains. They have, like, statues with water flowing off of it where you get, like, the runoff. And it's, and I tasted it. It is the fucking most amazing coldest water i'm talking about the specific one that i'm referring to was in in france oh my god it was the first time i had it we were on a tour on a bike tour and they're telling me uh the the tour uh the the guy who's leading the tour says hey uh you know if you look to your left uh that's a little fountain right here that we have it's for public access everybody can drink from it it's just you know france provides free water for the people you know whatever whatever right and i'm like oh, okay and i said i'm gonna try this shit so i got off the bike i got left behind but i got off the bike and I feel my freaking, because everybody was filling up their bottles. Yeah. Like, you just see people up there, and they're just filling up their water bottles and shit. And we had been buying water bottles, like, at the stores and shit. Yeah. So at that point, we're, like, two, three days into our trip. And I'm like, there's water all over the fucking city for free? Why the fuck are we buying water? I got off. I tried that water. Bro, cold as fuck. 
and it was the best water I've ever had. Like, it didn't <laughs> taste like, it tasted like what water I imagined should be. Yeah. It didn't give me no Aquafina taste. I didn't have no Dasani taste into it. You know, it was, it was just Straight water. Straight from the source. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you taste water from a fountain here, and it's like you oh, taste the lead. The bleach oh, and all that All stuff. that shit. Yeah. It don't taste like regular water. But that's just like a small thing. And I'm not saying that these countries have got it all right. But I'm saying let's take the shit that they do got right and let's why do we Yeah, it's little things that they do for for the community, right? For the people. They Yeah. They um their their society. Mm -hmm. right? And and they're small things that people say, Oh, but what the fuck? Why? It's fine. I don't have a problem paying for water. Yeah, I, I get that. But why do we pay absorbent amount of water? Like our my bill is ridiculous. And my bill goes and I'm like, and I can't I can't measure how much water I'm using because even their fucking their the way they measure it the, the, with the with the meters is so complicated. A common person does not understand how to read a meter. Nope. So you read your fucking bill and you say, okay, yep, they, they're uh, it's fourteen MHZs because you know most people don't know what the fuck <laughs> even MHZ stands for, right? Including myself. But I'm like, I know that's what they use to measure it with. And I'm like, oh, okay, so 14 minutes. All right, that's what it is. That's how much we have to pay. Yeah, and then next month, I'm like, what the fuck was on my bill? Oh, shit, there was 26 M MHZs this year, <laughs> this month. All you right. Overwater your garden. I, dude, you see my front yard? It's fucking dead for the most part. Yeah. So I use water, but I have rain. Look behind me, rain barrels. Yeah. We try to use, you know, I have, I put a uh, fucking bark over my, over my soil to keep it damp. So it doesn't dry out so much because the direct sunlight will dry it out. That way, it have, they don't have to water as much. It's little stupid things like that that people don't realize. Like I could do that, and that's actually something you don't need to fucking boast it to the community. I could tell you about the fucking the the watchdog groups that I've put together too, where we've we've helped pay for fucking specific families in hotels right now that are out of work because of the pandemic because they're laid off. Yeah, you know who are suffering from that. I've I've have friends that I've gotten together with and we've raised money. We've bought, uh, we've gotten equipment together for these people. We've gotten like just people that we know and I'm broke as fuck. So if I'm broke as fuck, tell me how much these fools that are not broke as fuck can do. Yeah, no, I mean, there's people that are higher. I mean, up on the upper levels of this country who are taking a lot of that money that it's not being good. Yeah. I mean, put and, to good use. And think about it. There's an uproar about a demand for equality. Not even like, hey man, I want more than you. It's, I, I just want to be treated the same. That's yeah. literally the conversation. I just want to be treated the same and people are like, oh, but then, and then. It's like, dude, keep it fucking simple. It's that, my sister used to always say, oh, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And that shit always stuck with me and it's like people say, oh yeah, but you simplify things. It's not that simple. It's like, yeah, if you complicate it, it's not that simple. But if you really simplify it, it is that simple. Yeah. It really is. Money, the school systems, the government, that's all what we did. <laughs> when we were on, put on this fucking earth, I don't think anybody thought that we had uh, LUSD already around, you know, or LEPD or LA County sheriffs were around. Those were things that we all created. And if you look at where the fucking cops were created from, they were, they literally were, was, it was a way for them to pawn off the expense on taxpayers. And we still defend it. They literally said, hey, these racist folks that wanted to protect their fucking bars because, remember, back in those days, black folks didn't own shit. No. Latinos, we weren't in here yet. Native Americans were slaughtered. So white folks owned everything. And they owned the bars and they owned their properties and all that shit. And they wanted to protect it from who did they deem were criminals. Criminal people. Not even. They were deeming the criminals. Who were the criminals? Because, remember, when slavery was abolished, 
And at that point, those people might not have been slaves, but now, now they're criminals because now you put out thousands of fucking people that were slaves that had nothing into the world with nothing. Yeah. So where do you think they go? They go to the streets. They go to wherever they need to yeah, for survival. To, for survival, exactly. Yeah. And they, now they're deemed criminals. So what do they do? They can't afford to, as cities grow, they can't afford to protect their bars and their growing assets. So they need to hire a group of people to protect it, aside from the people, the one or two people that they were hiring that were ex-cons or something. Because that's what rich people used to do. They used to hire ex-cons to protect their, 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 um, their property. Yeah. And then when their property started becoming bars and cities and it started spreading across these growing towns, they needed more people. But that's more expensive. So, hey, you know what we could do? Why don't we get a whole force and they could protect everything? Oh, you know what? And we could all just, we'll, we'll have taxes pay for it. <laughs> we just have everybody put a dollar in. Yeah. Get paid, huh? Why the fuck do I give a fuck that they burn down City Hall? You just don't touch my house. Yeah. Burn City down, Hall down to the fucking ground. Garcetti, piece of shit. Mayor Butts in Inglewood, piece of shit. You don't know why I'm saying it? You might want to look into it. Because if I told you Mayor Butts was accused of fucking, uh, of, of sexually assaulting his 13-year-old daughter by his ex-wife, if I told you that he choked out his ex-wife when she confronted it in front of his 13-year-old daughter, this is all in documentation, that's a piece of it. I, dude, there is a laundry list of shit. A lot, dude, Garcetti, this bullshit that he's propping up right now, dude, these motherfuckers that use their fucking skin tones, their names to weaponize that shit against their own communities, fuck them. They're worse than white folks that are racist, in my opinion. No, I see that. I mean, Dude, because you're using your own fucking community and using your own fucking culture to say, hey, guys, don't pay attention to me, but I'm still doing the same shit. The fuck you got? Mayor Butts ain't doing shit in Inglewood for the fucking community except propping up that city for rich folks to, to move into. Garcetti ain't doing shit. As soon as they burned down 12 fucking squad cars in downtown LA two months ago, he shut down all COVID testing sites as a punishment. All COVID testing sites. They have been killing people left and fucking right. Andres Guardado, recently. Yeah. Kenneth Ross, recently. These are guys right down the fucking street from me. Van Ness is two blocks over. We can go 10 minutes up, and these guys got killed there by local law enforcement there. And him, Jackie Lacey, haven't been doing shit. So the fact that they're trying to pretend like they're doing something right now, I don't give a fuck about that. Because what have you been doing about it until somebody actually started putting pressure on you? Nothing. So fuck you. Get the fuck out of office. You don't deserve to be there. This is my big problem with people propping up like Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. Fuck them. I was all for them. I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. More Elizabeth Warren than, than Kamala Harris just because I knew her fucking track record as a, as a fucking state attorney, as, as a state prosecutor. I'm like, you can't all of a sudden say, oh, I want to be the president. Oh, all of a sudden my thought, all my shit gets progressive. But I've been locking up fools left and right for fucking weed. And destroying their fucking family and locking them up for 10, 20 years for fucking weed. Hey, right over there, I'm growing some weed right there. It's completely legal. I have a joint in my fucking hand right now. It is completely legal. But there are people that are still fucking locked up. And there's a discussion about should we, uh, should we let them out? Why? Real simple. It's a stupid-ass fucking reason to lock somebody up and break and cause the trauma that you cause on these families. Because it's not just the person you're locking up. Dude, the trauma between kids, their fucking families at home that you're breaking apart. And then you say, oh, well, there's no black fathers in that community. Well, no fucking shit. 
They're all incarcerated. They're all in Oh, shit. And what a coincidence. You're also making money on them being incarcerated. Wow. That almost seems like you have a, a, a reason to keep them locked up. Yeah. And it's like people just refuse to fuck. And people that refuse that shit at, at this point, I'm like, you're either a fucking closet racist, you're a chicken shit, or you're me mentally incapacitated. I feel like even ignorance, right? I don't, I don't, I feel like you can't use being ignorant because 100%. there's a lot of information out there. Right? And that would fall under mentally incapacitated for me because I feel like there are doctors with PhDs that are racist. Yeah. So having education doesn't, that, that does not absolve you from being a racist. Like these people that are like, oh, well, I, yeah, like, that doesn't mean shit, man. Do you do racist shit? Because all the other shit is great, but do you do racist shit? Are you calling racist shit out? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you got to fucking start a fight with people, but, you know, letting somebody know, hey, man, that's not okay. Regardless if they say, fuck you back, but at least you said something. Yeah. You know, it's the whole like, oh, but nah, my opinion, what I say isn't going to matter. That's a problem. That's a bigger problem to me. No, I had something very small, right, that I had to, I acknowledge to this person. Uh, simple things of driving in a different neighborhood, in a neighborhood that's, Dominantly, you know, like Southgate. South Southgate, right? Go to Southgate. Or Watts, right? So we were actually around the Watts area. And so this person, I stepped out of the car and and the minute I step out of the car or or we park or something, they locked their doors. Yeah. And I'm like, why why do you why'd you do that? You know? And so obviously they verbally don't want to express the reason why they do it, but it's like I know exactly what yeah. you're doing. You know, and, and having that conversation, you lock the door so, so it can't open. Why did you just all of a sudden remember, like, oh shit, I don't want this door to open? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, the simple reason that stuff crosses your head, you know, it, it's already putting you in a position that, you know, there's part, there's a small part of racism there, you yeah. know? And, dude, I could, I remember as a kid, bro, like lighting into people when they used to say racist shit, like to my mom. Cause, you know, my mom's got a very thick accent. I mean, her English is much better, but back in the day, she learned to speak Spanish and I speak Spanish to speak English and everything. And but I remember a couple of specific instances, like at laundromats when we were washing clothes, and you know, somebody I remember specifically was like, uh, it was this like younger black girl that was talking shit to my mom, started clowning her because of her English, and I was probably I don't know, eleven, ten, and I remember just like that's like one of the first times in public where I just like snapped into like fucking like full blackout mode and i remember just talking so much shit to her like never saying anything like crossing a line with her but just telling her like fuck you what the fuck that's some racist shit like what the fuck yeah like, it doesn't matter that you're a black person saying that shit racist shit is racist shit no matter what that's what i'm yeah. saying i was like it's not a white and black thing hell no no hell cory booker fuck that fool kamala harris fuck her too <laughs> elizabeth warren fuck you too and i could tell you the reasons exactly why Anybody that's still fucking with them, you're getting played for a fool. Elizabeth Warren, when she dropped out of the fucking race, she dropped out super late intentionally to split Bernie's fucking votes. She already had said she was going to drop out, but she didn't officially drop out so people could still vote for her. And then those progressive votes get split in half, right? Why? Because she's probably got a nice little fucking administrative position already set up, yeah. promised her. And she's already like, well, I'm not going to win, so let me go to plan B. Kamala Harris, same shit. Why did she drop out so fucking early? She was actually one of the stronger candidates on the Democratic side in the beginning. And she dropped out way too early. And I'm not even, I'm not even rooting for her. And I was like, damn, really? 
that seems really weird because she seems like a very strong woman. She seems like a very intelligent woman. But that move to me, and I don't feel like I, I even have like that level of experience. And I'm like, it seems pretty blatant to me. You know? It's like, why would you do that kind of shit? And now all of a sudden when all this shit's coming up, it's like you're the like Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. We're putting these fucking bills through. Just so you know as well, I don't subscribe to Democrats, to Republicans. I think that's another issue. I think anything that divides you in this country, race, religion, politics, all those were all put in place to divide us. And there are reasons to divide us. I don't give a fuck if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, if you're a Libertarian, if you're uh, part of the fucking Green Party. I don't give a fuck what you are. If you're a socialist, my ideals honestly fuck a lot with, with socialism. Yeah. But not necessarily because I identify with a socialist. It just... Kind of the way it works out when you're a good person, I guess. You know, it's like for those people like, oh, yeah, you're claiming yourself as a good person. Yeah, let's think about it. If Jesus Christ were alive today and had to subscribe to a political party, what political party would he be a part of? Jesus Christ, a man of the people, a man born into poverty that lived amongst the people and fought for everybody to have something and was killed at the hands of the fucking Roman Empire, the goddamn government at the time, persecuted and fucking killed in front of his fellow man as an example. And he said, I'm down. I'm not even a religious person, but I grew up in a Catholic family, very heavily Catholic. I went to a Catholic high school. I had religion class. I had fucking mass at school. I am not religious now. I'm a very spiritual, I always say I'm a spiritual person now. I believe there's a person out there. I think whether it's Buddhist or whatever, if that's what you feel and that's what you, great. Yeah, I that's what I tell people all the time that um, I'm agnostic, right? And like you said, coming from a Latino family, I was born and raised Catholic. You know, I, was, I did my confirmation, my first communion and all that. But I, I believe there's a higher power, but I don't think I follow someone specifically. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. And it's like, we won't know until we're there. Yeah. So it's like, how is everybody so sure of this? It's like, as long as you understand that we're not so sure of it, then there shouldn't be any problem. Like, I, like I, I come from a very family where it's like tunnel vision type religion. You know, it's like where if it's outside of what the Bible says, oh, man, we are burning shit down to the ground. But, uh, and I always, I've always said, like, dude, just play the game telephone. Just how quickly does shit get lost in translation over time? Just, just from passing it from one person to the next. <laughs> On a game of telephone, you can't get that message there. No, it's always a... Uh... It's uh, mistranslated yeah. that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, man. These, the conversations definitely need to keep going, and yeah, we have to be uncomfortable. I've been very uncomfortable. I've been very... The world is a very sad place for me at times right now when I let it be, and then I remember that it's not, you know, and I remember the times that I'm out there, you know, and, and, and yeah. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is that you're out there at these protests. Like, I don't know these people personally, but I stood next to Andres Guardado's dad. He walked by me in the fucking crowd that I was in. Kenneth Ross, at his rally that there was a few weeks ago, I was there. His family was there. I was walking right next to him. And I don't even know. And I'm not saying like I was like talking it up with him. I'm just saying we were in a crowd of community and we're walking with these people that are being affected. It's not a social media thing. And it's not a, like I've had people like, oh, just because you post shit. And I'm like, it's not just, I'm posting shit just because I want other people around me, directly around me to see what I'm seeing. You know, whether they believe it or not, that's fine. But I'm just putting it out there. If you don't see a lot of my captions, I don't even put a lot of my opinion into a lot. I've, maybe a couple of them I put a little bit, but a lot of times I find myself deleting shit that I say because it's a lot of my opinion, a lot of my emotion. So I just want to leave it out there for what it is. 
and just be like, look, you're going to make whatever decision you make from it regardless. And that's going to be all on you. Yeah, I can't change it. That's part you. of like the reason why I reached out to you too, because I saw what you were posting. I know you were very active in all of this protest and stuff. And, you know, I, I felt really comfortable and close enough to you to actually have this conversation. See, you know? Mission accomplished. And yeah. that fucking makes me feel better because <laughs> I don't know if this shit's been working or what. You know, I've had yeah. conversations with people and I've, I've ended a lot of friendships during this time. But I've also, I feel like I've also shown people that maybe didn't see something, something, and they've changed their messaging since then. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm not out there saving the fucking world, but I'm at least talking to the people around me and trying to make sure that people around me are accountable for what they're saying, you know, and that I'm accountable for what I'm doing because I can't keep saying nothing's happening and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm doing jack shit. Yeah. No, I think uh, there's... uh... There's a big majority of people out there that are always just scrolling to stories. And like I said, they know what's happening. They yeah. see what's happening. They see You don't where, need to keep seeing it. People. Yeah, with their people, it's are are investing their time. But they just, they're the ones that decide to stay quiet and not do anything. You know? Yeah, 100%. Man. And it's just because they don't understand that doing anything is better than doing nothing. Like, yeah. literally. Like, fucking buy some water. You know what? You want to get a program going? Literally go with like 10 bucks <laughs> to 7-Eleven by yourself on a Saturday. Buy $10 worth of water. Buy the buy one, get one. That's 20 waters and just go in the neighborhood and just start handing them out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to identify people as homeless. Yeah. If you see somebody that looks like they're thirsty, give them a fucking bottle of water, man. It don't matter if they're rolling in the car next to you. I literally, that the day that that shit came to me, I went. I'll tell you exactly how it, how it occurred to me. I was... Florence and uh, right by over by your pad, actually, um, La Cienega and Florence. You know how um, there's usually like the couple like uh, homeless dudes that post up there, oh, yeah, and then there's yeah, like yeah, right by the yeah, yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking and about. And then there's sometimes there's a couple that sell the flowers and stuff. So it was a hot ass day. It was like 90 degrees or something. I was buying stuff for my wife's birthday. Uh, we were getting ready to celebrate her birthday that day. So I'm coming back, and it was hot as fuck, dude. Because I was hot as fuck. I didn't my AC don't work in my car, so you know. I know that I know the struggle, man. <laughs> but my AC wasn't working, so I knew how hot it was, and I wanted to buy some flowers for my wife that day. So I was like, you know what? I'll grab some some uh, some uh, some flowers off of them. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no no dinero, nada de dinero, no cash. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, hey, uh, do you guys have Venmo or something? And they're like, no, we don't. I was like, all right, let me go to the 7-Eleven across the street real quick. So I go to the 7-Eleven, and I'm like, okay, well I don't want to just, okay, I'll get a water. And then the girls, like, oh, you know, if you get another one, so I decided, you know what? I'm gonna get them a water. I ended up with four fucking waters somehow, <laughs> is what I'm saying. When I went back, on the corner when I'm trying to turn back onto the street, onto La Cienega, there's a dude just chilling right there in the shade. And you could tell homeboy is hot. You know, I don't know if he was homeless or whatever the case is, but you could tell he was hot because he was, like, off, like, trying to, like, duck under the shade, you know, on the, on the side of the street. Yeah. And I was like, hey, bro, you want some water? And he was like, oh, hell yeah. And he ran over to the car real quick, and I handed it to the window. And, and that was it. Like I said, it wasn't. it's not about whether he was homeless or what he was – he looked like he was thirsty, you know? And then I went to, uh, to back to buy my flowers. I gave him the water. There was another dude that usually is there asking for, for money. Um, I've seen them there for years. Uh, he was there, and I told him, well, I got a fourth. So I was like, hey, you want, want this water? And you know what he did? <laughs> he turned around, and he gave it to them. Not knowing that I already had given them water. Yeah. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, if you don't want it, it's fine. I'll take it back. And he was like, no. He was like, no, no. He's like, and he took out a water from his bag. He's like, I have a water already. So he was trying to give it to them, not realize. Like, well, I already gave them water too, just so you know. But, but I, I, you know, in, in the moment, I just didn't see for the small gesture that he made to them, you know. Yeah. 
And that's all it takes, right? That's Those all small it takes. Little things. Hundred percent. Like you just doing this fucking episode. If you get maybe somebody else that listens to this and is like, "Wow, I never." Maybe that's maybe they got something for themselves out of this. Yeah. Then you did your job. If you got one, if you got a thousand people, fuck, even better. Even better. But if you get one, hey, that's one. If that one gets two, if that two get fucking and even, three, and even, and even those that get uncomfortable with it, a hundred percent. Even the ones that, because at some point it's going to come up. You're not going to be able to avoid it. A lot of people are trying to avoid it, thinking this is going to go away. And it's not. It's not, it's not. No, I feel like we have this new generation that needs needs to learn. Obviously, the new. I don't know the new rules or the new. I don't know. There's there's no separation, right? They need to know that there's no separation. We're all equals. Because there's so much separation. Because even like yeah. what you said earlier, the agnostic thing. Like I would even say that could be an issue just because it's almost like they gave you a piece of the pie. You know, and as what I'm as opposed to what I'm saying is just no. get the get the line, <laughs> just remove the lines. Yeah. And there's no pie. The whole pie is the whole pie. You know, yes. why do we because if you think about it, if you're fighting off an enemy, is if is it easier to fight them off in small groups or is it easier to fight them off in a large fucking army? Of course, a smaller group would be a much easier. So if you fight off the gays over here, if you fight off the uh, uh, you fight off Latinos over here, you fight off blacks over here, you fight off whites over here, you fight off the the uh, Catholics over here, you fight off, you know, the Republicans over here, the Democrats. We're a much smaller group every time you put those lines around us. Yes. Even look at it. They came here and they literally split this fucking country up. They literally took this country and then they split it up. The first fucking thing they said, oh, these are don't fucking come. Nope. You motherfuckers better not. Well, how do you feel about the whole census situation? See, and that's that's a touchy one for me because I'm kind of like, fuck the census. Uh, but then people tell me, like, and I understand what they say about, hey, you know, what the importance of the census is. But at the same time, I'm kind of like. <sighs> yeah, because I, I feel like it's, I feel that way, too, where it's like, well, I mean, they're sort of categorizing us, you know, yeah. this stuff. It's like, I, I don't I don't believe they give a fuck is the problem. So when you tell me that, hey, these things inside these corrupt systems are doing good, I'm kind of like, yeah, but I don't. In the foundation of it is I don't think they give a fuck. And they don't give a fuck because they don't feel our force. It's like even like the sports debate right now. Um, like I don't know where you're. I know you were saying your wife's a big sports fan. Correct. I don't know if like if you're like a sports fan to the point where like you've kind of like uh, have an opinion on the whole sports coming back right now. You know how they're trying to bring back the NBA yeah. and it's already set in there. We got a calendar date set, right? Like, how do you feel about that? Like, do you see a problem with sports coming back? I feel like I do, in a way, just because. It's sort of like, I feel like people are trying to push the focus onto like, oh, sports now. Like, yeah, get your mind off of whatever's happening yeah. and start watching sports. Mm -hmm. And what, now what are you doing? Now you're segmenting that group off. Oh, look, hey, now you got something else to keep your mind entertained. I have, I have friends that I've gotten into with all the time. Yeah, but you know, I just want to watch some sports. It's not a big deal. They can still like push their message. I'm like, yeah, but after you sit back and watch like fucking eight hours of NBA basketball, I'm glad LeBron James said something in his post-game conference, but I think he could say the same thing on his Twitter, on his Twitter page, yeah. because he's got, like, fucking tens he's of millions of people. Yeah. He's bigger than the NBA. He does not need the NBA. If they really wanted to do something outside the NBA, LeBron would be the perfect person to spearhead it because he is the only, he's the only fucking NBA player that is larger than the organization. There are other large personalities, Steph Curry, all these guys, but they don't carry the same influence as LeBron James. And I am not a LeBron James basketball player fan. 
I am a diehard Laker. It was not pleasant for me to see him come here. I am a diehard LeBron James fan as a person, as a father, as a, as a citizen. I'm a diehard fan of him for that. And that has been recent for, the, for me for the last five years. Up until that point, I'm like, dude, I don't like his game. Everything's been handed to him on a silver platter, essentially, coming into the league, you know? That was kind of, but I was standing, I was more of a sports fan. But as far as, like, the conversation of sports coming back right now, it's exactly what you said. You know, it's, it's going to divide the message. It's going to give people, perfect example, let's go back to Dave Chappelle. You said you saw the Dave Chappelle 846, right? So the moment where he's talking about uh, watching Kobe go in his, in his last game, right? Yes. And go for 60, or go for 60 shots, I'm sorry, and 50 points. <laughs> but um, he talks about how he didn't think that that Dallas shooting was as big of an issue because if you looked across Everybody the country, yeah, there was a large, and he was, even him, who's he's he's what you would deem woke, right? Dave yes. Chappelle, you could say, I think it's fair to say he's pretty fucking woke, right? And he's been saying this kind of shit for a while. So for somebody like that telling you, like, even I'm paying attention, and even that shit, I was like, like switching, back, switching and back and forth. <laughs> that tells you the power that that simple thing will have. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, they they need to work too, but money is fake, guys. If we if we Those already have contracts, dude, that you know they're pretty set. For yeah, now. and if they fucking squander their millions of dollars that they've made over the last, I mean, sign up for unemployment, man. I'm sorry that it's not yeah. millions of dollars, but I've made it. I I mean, if we're talking about surviving, you'll survive. Whether you'll yes. be able to keep your seven estates, maybe not. Maybe you got to sell a couple of estates to yeah, get you yeah, through I, the next couple of centuries. I know a lot of people, including my my family, my parents who. Can't qualify for unemployment, and they're still making it happen. You're still you know? making because you can because you can still make it happen. That's why people say, "What about cops? You know, they're uh, they're losing their jobs." Hey, man, I've been unemployed three times. I've said this over and over again. Nobody's batted an eye while I've been unemployment. I two of the three times I've had a family, yeah. a family of five that I've been supporting, and I have bounced back every fucking time. Whether it's I've had to fucking be a jardinero. You're standing in my garden right now, bro. Literally, when I when we bought this house. There was nothing. It was dirt all around. No grass, no trees, not one fucking plant. It was literally, all that was dirt. The mulch, dirt. Everything you see here, I've done in six years. Almost seven. This year will be seven in December. Nice. And my wife looks at it and I'm like, dude, we created an ecosystem back here. <laughs> but it's because you don't, you don't gauge the impact of a small action, yeah. you know? And also my fear with sports coming back to it's like, what's going to happen with all these athletes, right? Obviously, what if they all take a knee now? Or like yeah, with NASCAR, removing the flag and all this. Yep. It's so controversial. Yep. And now with all these sports coming up, what's going to happen next, right? And so obviously it's going to bring up a lot more anger. It's going to bring up all these fans who are excited for the sports to come mm -hmm. back. Then they're going to be like, oh, well, why are they back if they're going to be acting like this? Yeah, because they can and because they still have power because you won't turn the fucking TV off. I haven't watched an NFL game in three years. And I'm actually, this is funny that, that we're talking about this, but I'm actually going to put, I don't know if I, there's anybody else out there who shares similar, as, as strong of feelings as me about the NFL uh, locally, I'm saying. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick and those people, <laughs> yes, but. I mean, like, as amongst friends in my community, you know, because I, I, for the last three years, I haven't watched an NFL game, and I was, the NFL was my shit. Like, dude, when the NFL season came, I was a diehard Cowboy fan since the 90s, dude. I was on the verge of getting two fucking Cowboy stars on each elbow in the last couple years. 
And when the when the court transcripts came out for the Kaepernick case, and I'm sitting here reading Jerry Jones, pretty much saying like, yeah, yeah, we're racist. Yep, we don't give a fuck. Nope, money's more important than you guys. Yeah, like talking. About, I mean, that's aside from the CTE stuff. <laughs> you know that they were they knew people were fucking themselves up, and they were straight up lying about that. You know, it's like th- these organizations are telling you we're racist, but you're gonna keep watching us because. You guys are too fucking weak to stop. You're too weak to fucking turn off a TV. And you know what players could really do if they wanted to? They could form their own fucking, their own league. Because guess what? If Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, James Harden, Anthony Davis, uh, Danny Green, uh, fucking Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, uh, fucking Jason Tatum, uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, I can go on and on. Dude, you're so right. If they could, if they just said, you know what, fuck it, you know what, we're gonna go to Sunday on Sundays. We're gonna go to Venice Beach, and yeah. we're gonna start a little tournament there, and we're gonna get uh, some pro- a professional company to stream this shit, and we're about to make Dude, our own even fucking if they, league. Even if they base it off donations, like you know, they're definitely. Who's gonna, gonna make watch money. the NBA if LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and all these guys are on in this other new independent league, yeah. and you already know that they are the reason you're watching the NBA. You're not going to give a fuck what Adam Silver is doing. You're not going to care about Mark Cuban. You're not going to care about Jeannie Buss. <laughs> they're, they're, yes, yeah. yes, they provide the financial backing. But they are not, they're trying to make you believe that they have an equal stake in this. That is a, about as much as they have. I think it comes down Nothing to, more than that. With, with the whole money situation, I think it comes down to actually watching the game for the love of the sport, right? Because... Also, with the contracts and stuff, my personal belief is a lot of these people are making a lot of money. But I feel like now they're more focused on how much money they can make and not necessarily whether they they still love playing or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of these guys don't even love playing, and they're just there for the money. Yeah. Andrew Bynum for the Lakers, he didn't start playing until I think his senior year in high school, and all, all only because he was like seven feet tall, pretty much. So they were like, hey, man, you should. And he was uh, apparently he was big into like chemistry and science and shit. He was like a big dweeb, apparently, and he just happened to sprout to like seven feet tall. And they're like, hey, man, you can make millions of dollars. And he's obviously a smart guy. So he said, all right, fuck it. <laughs> he developed his game, but he didn't care. And if you look at if you hear his story, he left the league on a terrible terms. And to me, it just sounded like he was like, fuck this league. I'm over it. Yeah. You know, he was he was making a ton of money, but he just didn't have the love of the game. You know, and I, it's just it's an unfortunate truth. Like it reflects on on on, the, on like the actual court, right? Or like even with you and I, if you're doing your job and you're just waking up every morning and showing up and you're not really into what you're just doing, going through the motions, it's just miserable, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, your bosses are gonna see that. Mm-hmm. Everybody you deal with is gonna see yeah. that. Yeah. Your rela- your conversations are gonna be that. Exactly. I'm so a very like... negative person. <laughs> no, and, and and I'm a habitual complainer, by the way. Dude, and for me, like being a being a barista, like being behind bar, like. People that are coming in, like, don't want to. That's the last thing they yeah. want to experience. They want to disconnect. They want a positive experience. They want what they sh- deserve. Yeah. What yeah. everybody deserves. Exactly. So. Just get my coffee and treat me like a person. And I feel like if all these bigger companies will follow that, I mean. But they have the, that's what I'm saying. But a lot of these companies, if you look at them historically, a lot of these companies are, you know, generational wealth companies. And where's the generational wealth coming from? It's stemming from racism and you know, these cotton fields and all this uh, all this fucking labor that they got for free through slavery. And they've kept it, like, uh, like in the police force and in all these fucking departments, these first responder departments. I'm sure there's a lot of racism going on just because, you know, 
I'm sure if there was a racist police chief back in the day who was like, I want to get my son in here and I'm going to get him in here because we've heard plenty of stories about like nepotism and shit like that. What do you think? So if they breed a son into racism and shit like that, and then now they breed, bring their son into it, and now their son's bringing their son into it, yeah. and, you know, and it's, it's, and I'm sure it's not just, it's just them. They're also bringing friends into it, you know? If you look at some of these fucking police forces, dude, they're adopting some of these fucking, like, uh, white supremacist groups as, like, extended laws, of, extended arms of law enforcement, like, during these times. Because that's what they used to do back in the day. They used to fucking go around. Look at, have you looked into the story of Tulsa, Oklahoma? No. Dude, check that shit out. It is crazy as fuck. If I was, I'll send you a video that does a really good job. Literally, it was a town after slavery where black folks finally were able to create and sustain their own economy. Like, they had a full-flowing city. They used to call it Black Wall Street. It, they had businesses, banks, and it was just... They, and they used to call it a lot of fucking racist shit, too. N-word town and stuff like that. Um, it li what literally happened is that some uh, guy uh, was about to get pretty much lynched. And the citizens from Tulsa, pretty much like a lot of the retired vets and, and, and people that had like background in that, uh, they took arms and they fucking went to that city hall to be like, nah, to stop it. And these motherfuckers pretty much took offense and came back and started fucking them up. So these fools retreated back to Tulsa. They went to Tulsa and burned the motherfucker down. They got, they pretty much went and grabbed trucks full of guns and started passing them around to every, obviously at the time it was white motherfucker there. So it was like every white dude that was there, grab a gun, let's go. And they went and they fucking were pulling people out of their businesses. They were looting, they were killing, and they burned down a whole fucking city. You know what happened when they, those cities tried to put insurance claims in on their businesses? All of them. The only fucking city where they finally were getting it, you know, and they had their own, and they didn't need fucking white folks. They were self-sustained. They had developed their own. That's exactly what we need to do now, man. Yeah. There was a boy that got lost down the street uh, a couple nights ago, uh, and I saw it online. Somebody, uh, this girl that I follow, is a local reporter. Uh, she goes by Slauson Girl. Slauson, like Slauson yeah. Avenue. Yeah, Slauson girl. And she's very, she's very good. You know, I, I'm not saying I agree with everything she says all the time, but I'm, I've just kind of, I've just started following her and I like a lot of the stuff she puts out and she keeps it real. But she put out a little, um, she reposted somebody else's post where a boy, literally a block from me, we're on 74th. 74th Street School is like two blocks down. He was lost. Apparently LAPD found him. He was roaming. They found him roaming. He didn't know any of his information. So LAPD took him down to 77th uh, uh, division down here. Uh, and then people were saying, hey, you know, spread the word. Like, can we ID him? Let's see if we can find out who his family is. And it's as easy as reposting it and resharing it. And if you know you have friends that have a lot of followers and shit, talk to them. Because yeah. they'll be able to get eyes. So I, I, I'm lucky enough that I've, I have a lot of friends who are fucking geniuses. Like musical geniuses, a lot of creatives, artists. I'm very... I, I'm very blessed with the amount of people that I've gotten, I've had the pleasure of getting to know in my life. Like, um, and I know a lot of people that do have like a large followings and they're in the neighborhood and shit like that at times. So I, I do ask them sometimes like, and I, and I know how it might come off, you know? And I'm like, but you know what? It's fine. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about making sure that as many people as possible can see this fucking kid's face right now, you know? And cause people are like, oh, they don't understand the premise behind it. Yeah. So, and then I, I posted it on Ian Inglewood which is a little private Facebook group. And if you, if you live in Inglewood, you know I on Inglewood. It's a big, very, very big Facebook community. 
<laughs> they post a lot of nonsense in there. But if you want to know what's going on in Inglewood, you go on Eye on Inglewood and you'll find out. So I posted it on there and somebody said, oh, I think I saw in another post that he, uh, that they found his, uh, his parents. Uh, and I was like, oh, really? So I started searching and I couldn't find anything on it. So you know what I said? I was like, you know what? This is kind of crazy. I'm going to call the police station. So I just called the police station and I talked to the detective because it said, it, it said the sergeant that, um, that brought him in, I guess. So I was like, can I speak to so-and-so? And they were like, oh, what do you call in regards to? Because I guess they were getting calls about it. And I just said, yeah, why can't I just call and confirm? And yeah, they straight up said, yeah, he was reunited with his family uh, just a little while ago. Amazing. Yeah. Right? And I was like, cool. And I just went on my shit and I literally updated the caption just to say, hey, just so people would see like, this works, man. Yeah. Like people think it's real stupid. Like, oh, wasting time on social media. But if you understand social media is the X factor right now. The internet is the fucking X factor. This is why they can't control us right now. In 1992, this shit went away immediately because there was no internet. People didn't know about that shit that didn't live in the area till the next day or till that night when it was reported on the news. Yeah, yeah that's true. And now within 10 minutes, the world knows. And, and I think part of that also holds the, the, the news media from actually lying or, exactly. you know, or changing. And they the still facts. try. And they still do it. Left and right, dude. Left and fucking right. I was uh, my first episode. So I, uh, I'm starting a new podcast. It's called The Lead Off Hitter. So any of your people if you guys want to you know follow feel free to it's called the leadoff hitter i'm on instagram i'm on twitter um uh, it's gonna be audio for now but it's, it's essentially i'm a sports guy so i'm it's gonna you're gonna hear a lot of sports in it but it's not a sports podcast so i'm gonna keep a lot of community shit in here i'm gonna start getting more involved in the community around me uh, like i'm a part of district eight uh with marquis dawson harris did not know that up until recently but i decided you know what i need to start getting involved and i need to start seeing what the fuck's going on and i need to start identifying issues in our area that we need to bring up to these fucking council meetings. I'm a big mouth. So you know what? I'm going to use my fucking strength. I'm going to be a fucking big mouth. People can't stand my fucking mouth when I open it. <laughs> but I don't give a fuck because that's the other quality I have as well that I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm using that and I'm going to try to include that with my podcast because for me, my podcast is also more about venting and being able to... It's more of a vlog, I guess you could say, in a way because it, it's, it's my avenue to vent. I don't play sports anymore. I used to play Sunday league and I fucked up my shoulder a few years back. So can't even do that. Got bad knees. So playing basketball a lot of times is not, not the, uh, the, the thing you know, to do. Like you said, with social media too. I mean, the, uh, the podcast will be like another outlet for, to reach out. Yeah. And it's, and it's a way to me to reach out to multiple people, even if it's 10 people, even if it's five people. Yeah. I've had followerships of 399 people. I wish I had that right now. Yes. Um, Cause that would be great. If I could talk to 400 people and convince 20 of them, of something, that's, I'd that's win. achievement, yeah. Win. Because if those 20 people get one more person, that's another 20 people. That get another 20 people. Again, and that's the way you, when you start thinking on a global level, that's when it becomes, at least for me, I've noticed that's when I bog down. And it becomes such a, like, a, such like an insurmountable, like, problem. When you start thinking, like, fucking Trump and the shit he's doing and, and the shit that's going on in the world and, you know, all this crap. It's like, yeah, you feel helpless. That's why I'm like, okay, I need to get back and I need to impact my fucking community. So my community can impact their community and their community can impact their community. And that's literally the way it has to fucking start. It's, that's but, how it is. And it's a simple ass topic. Simple. Literally just keep the people around you accountable. And that's how we make the change, man. So where do, where do people follow you for? It's the. So it's uh, just the lead off hitter, uh, which is funny because somebody mentioned that it looks like it says the lead of Hitler. It's not, it's not that it's the lead off hitter. hitter. So yeah. Um, or you could just, it's under Ray underscore El Barbon, Ray, R-E-Y, Ray like King, uh, 
uh, underscore el barbun. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on there. I'm a big mouth. Um, even if I'm not putting podcasts out, you'll probably see some shit on my page regardless. But it's fun to hear, man. It's fun to hear. Yeah, you know? well, I appreciate it. I'm glad somebody's listening. You're the first <laughs> person that I actually know who has like, said something specifically about what I've been posting. So yeah. I appreciate that. I really appreciate your time also that you took you know, out of your day to sit down here with me. And well, shit, we ain't got much to do. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got much to do, right? It's fun, man. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we have this interaction yeah. and yeah, you get, you get to vent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad to be able to contribute to a con to the conversation, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I I know I, I don't have all the answers, but Correct. I know I have some. You know, no, 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 but like I said, just hearing your perspective, you know, I mean, obviously there's hundreds of people out there and have a different perspective of what's going on, mm -hmm. but this is us sharing how we feel. Yeah, and for me, like just listening to you, also is just learning. Yeah, how you feel and then how. Not necessarily how I should feel, but what I should pay attention to. Yeah. You know? Well, because you have to develop. It's it's a game plan. That's the thing that, like, in the beginning when all this happened, I wasn't really. I was trying to observe and listen to what was going on because I didn't. Bullshit you not. Ask my wife. Ask my wife and ask one of my buddies who's one of the ones who's been harping on me about political activism for the last 10 fucking years. <laughs> and I'd be like, God, I've been. Uh, here he goes again. Right. And now I. I've been going to protest. I'm in his ear constantly. Like, hey, bro, what do you think about this? Because I want, I want to absorb as much as as much information. But in January, around the Ahmad Arbery time, when that whole thing came out with Ahmad Arbery, um, I told my wife, if they handle this shit wrong, there's going to be a fucking. I, I, what did I tell her? I said, uh, I told her a uh, a civil war, is what I told her. And she said, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. And my wife's I'm like, and I'm not saying because I think it needs, not because I'm saying I'm hoping for it, but I understand from watching what I'm watching is like history repeats itself. This is what, this is the, the needed evil, I guess, to get rid of the predominant evil. Because once that predominant evil gone, then the rioting goes away, which means it's gone, right? Racism will never go away, but we got to keep calling it out. But I called, I told her that, I told my buddy that, he also said I was crazy. And then this whole shit broke out. And I've told them both since. I'm like, hey, what do you, so what do you guys think of that whole uh, I'm like, prediction? Yeah. I'm like, and I'm not even I'm not even boasting about it to boast. About it. I'm just saying I was paying attention to what's going on. I was like, with the pandemic, with the anger I was feeling, I could I could see it. I could see it brewing. I'm like, dude. And then when the George Floyd came thing out, I was like, well, shit. Yeah. 100%. Because if that George Floyd thing didn't come out, who knows what they would have done with Ahmaud Arbery. Because that might have not been so big. And they might have given these fools like, hey, parole or some shit. And they were right back on the street. But it's the pressure that we're adding, you know? So people yeah. that are saying it like... It takes a village, they say, you know? It, so It takes a village, man. I'm, I'm, thank you very much again, man. And I think we're going to end this and hopefully add another podcast next time. Yeah, I appreciate it, continue man. Continue this. I know it was a long one. Yeah. That's what she said. People are going to gonna love hearing this. And so. he said. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I really hope we can sit down and chat a little... Again. Yeah, man. Whenever. I mean, right. like I said, we ain't got much. <laughs> got it, man. Until next time, bro.